Are you ready for this? Welcome to Principles with Corey and Logan. I'm Corey. I'm Logan. And we are here to go on the journey of life and leadership growth with you. Welcome to the Principles Podcast. Welcome to Principles with Corey and Logan. I'm excited about our guest today. Uh, our guest today is a new friend of mine. I uh, met in a very interesting way, but I'm excited for you guys to get to hear his story and his journey. He is an entrepreneur, but his background is also in the medical field, kind of like mine. And um, any of you guys in that medical field know that there's been a lot of restructuring and realignment, and uh, his his world kind of got shaken with that realignment, but you know, like many entrepreneurs do. Um, and that just provides an open door and an opportunity. So today I want to welcome Scott King to the podcast. How you doing, Scott? I'm doing well. Thanks, Corey. Thanks for having me on. Uh, excited for this new experience. Uh, 2020 has been a year of a lot of new experiences, uh, but definitely uh, honored to be here. Awesome, man. Good stuff, Scott. Well, you know, our uh, podcast name is called Principles. And, and just before we got on, I was actually reading in the, the Passion Translation of the Bible. And I know some people are going to freak out about that. And just know I just use it as a supplement, right? But in Proverbs, <laughs> it says, everyone admires a man of principles. And that's you, Scott. Let's hear your principles, man. <laughs> Sorry, the dog's going off by in the background. Uh, my principles, I, I tell you, my principles can be is to find the betterment in people. So I think a lot of what I what my foundation has always been is helping someone else um, to live God's love would be the basic principle that we try to function off of and what that means. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. Kind of, you know, as leaders, our roles is we see talent and potential within people when you, we extract that. And that's exactly kind of what you're talking about you're doing, man. And that's that's good stuff. So kind of, you know, want to just kind of talk with you. I know you and I talked yesterday and I know we've got some great things we want to talk about, but give us some background on you. Tell us your story um, and, and kind of your upbringing and uh, just how you got to where you are today. My story... Which chapter we want to jump in on? You want to go all the way back to the beginning? Uh, let's see. It was a cold, snowy day on a Saturday in January of 1977 in the foothills of the Appalachian Mountains in a little town called West Liberty. A king entered the world, and that has become my favorite tagline from this point. Um, I, grew up, I grew up very humble uh, in, in eastern Kentucky, a coal mining town, uh, not a lot of industry, not a lot of income there, kind of a revolving society. Uh, the money that was in there just kind of circled around. Um, I always knew that I wasn't going to stay there. Uh, didn't know where I was going to wind up, but uh, Knox, Indiana was never on the radar. It, uh, but here we are. Um, landed in Knox, age 18, looking to just, you know, get a little, have a little better life. Uh, raise my family, start a family. Um, have done many things here. Uh, Knox has been good to me. Um, Got into the medical field in my 30s, uh, which is somewhere that I never thought I would be. Just never, never seen myself doing anything medically based. Was always a hands-on guy. Liked to build, liked to create, things like that. And um, occupational therapy uh, called my name. We went down that road. Been doing that since 2013 until January of this year when uh, Centers of Medicaid Services decided to change how they reimburse services, which pretty much cut the need for the part of that that I filled. Um, 
I was in the home health sector and it eliminated probably 75% of our business to do that. So kind of put me um, spiraling for a minute, uh, scratching my head. What am I going to do? Do I want to, do I want to stay in this path? Do I want to explore something different? Um, I've always wanted to be in the entrepreneurial side. I've always felt that that's where I was being called to never quite had the, uh, uh, faith or the courage to jump out there. You know, it, it's, it's hard to give up a good paying position. Uh, therapy provided a, a comfortable uh, lifestyle for me and my family. And so it was always kind of, you know, why would you want to give this up? Why would you want to move on to something else? And then when this opportunity came of which direction are you going, I decided to take that road less traveled. And we just jumped into the entrepreneurial uh, route. Uh, prior to that, I'd gotten into real estate just as kind of a hobby on the side. And I really say that that was probably the lead in for me to be able to be where I'm at now. That one decision kind of sent me this way because it gave me the faith and the opportunity to be able to supplement that income while I was trying to figure out what else I was going to do. Yeah. I, I want to go back to that moment where, you know, you're, you're not the only one in the medical field that kind of when they did the reshuffle and the restructure that Mm-hmm. kind of lost their role right so i want to go back to that moment kind of what was your what was your thinking like and um how long did you stay down or the the negative emotions <laughs> how, how long was that um fortunately i was able to kind of see it coming a little yeah. bit but when it actually happened absolutely i, I got mad mm-hmm. um I got mad. I got mad at God. I got mad at the world. I was like, what, what more do I have to do, people? You know, I've done everything that a man is supposed to do. I've worked hard. I went to college. I got the degree. I got in the quote-unquote professional field. And here we are again, you know, feeling like I'm starting over at age 43. Um, but I, I dwelled on that a minute, you know, and, and, and thankfully, you know, God has brought me to a position to where I actually get to serve on a worship team at, at a local church here. And it's given me an outlet to reach out to people. And as well as it gave me some faith uh, to be able to do that for the, as long as I had the last five years being uh, with that church. And the question kind of came to me is, is do you do you truly do you truly have a faith that is foundational or one that's just ideological? And I think for me, that was kind of what pushed me down this is, can I prove it? You know, can, can my faith be tested? And, and can we live out what we sing about? You know, can, can I live out that uh, I'm going to see a victory song? Uh, not just sing it in church, but can we live it? So I didn't stay in it very long. I, I didn't stay, I mean, you know, let's say two weeks probably. And I, I started just kind of thinking about, you know, what can I do? What, what do I know how to do? What is my foundations? Uh, that led us into spring. Um, I had sold a few houses to get kind of through in the winter part, uh, carried us financially, and then led us into spring where I thought, you know, one of the first professions I ever got into was mowing grass. And so me and my son, who is 16, we just set out and uh, we created uh, Team King, which is a property maintenance company. And we just went back to the basics, man. We started mowing grass. We started mowing grass. We started doing yard cleanups. We started doing listing prep packages for people who was wanting to sell their houses. And we started turning income that way, which kind of fueled a, we know what it's like to win and win small. You know, it's, it's Dave Ramsey's philosophy. Get a little confidence behind you. Get a little courage going, you know, and just let that momentum go. So about March, April, we dove into it with just both feet. And I haven't looked back. Oh, that's good stuff. So, you know, it's interesting what you're saying that, you know, 
that first emotion was anger and you're you're mad at god mad at all this other stuff but man that, that's what you said it created a faith based off of understanding and faith foundational faith and not just an ideological kind of faith which is yeah. awesome right i mean yeah. that's good stuff and then you know we talk about the 24 hour rule right where you've got a big win or big success high five and you celebrate but after 24 hours man it's it's get up and it's time to go to work again because you can't rest on your best and a ceiling is today's floor right but the same thing we're all going to go through ups and downs and we have those bad moments and bad things happen to us I, i just told you i just got off the phone with not great news right and and you know you, you you put on your pouty music for a little bit and you <laughs> sob and then hey then it's over with it's time to go back to work right so and and that's everybody it yeah. the 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 point is where you camp out at and it's all right for you to have i think some of those emotions and you question that but where do you camp out at so man that's great that's great yeah yeah well, I, um, go for it. I think a big part of that for me was uh a destination of fixation, maybe, you know, when, when do we arrive in our professional career, in our development, uh, in anything that we do, when do we feel like we get to sit back and, you know, prop our feet up on the chair railing of the porch and just say, I've done it here. I am. I have made it. And I think for, uh, for me, that disappointment came in the fact that, like I said, you know, I felt like I'd done exactly what I was supposed to do, what society would tell us that we need to do, go to college, get the degree, buy the house, get the two cars, you know, the garage, the dog, the cat, you know, happy American life, right? Well, I'd done that. And I thought, you know, okay, I've kind of arrived. So then when it was taken from you, that's where you, that's where you, where do you camp at? You know, yeah. when, when you lose that and you're in that season of disappointment and stuff, how long do you stay there? Yeah. So, I mean, you've been through that. What if there's somebody kind of listening or watching in on Facebook Live right now, and maybe they're in that season. You got any words of advice or encouragement for them right now as they're in that season? Keep moving. (laughs) And keep moving is the name of of the uh, Herbalife Shake Bar that we established in our local gym here, and that's exactly what it was about. Motion, forward progress by any means, at any speed, at any rate, is just keep moving. Don't stop. Because where you stand still at will never get you to where you want to be. And even if you have to go back, uh, uh, you know, Furtick preaches a message when backwards feels better. And I think a lot of times we want to fall back on that. Well, I know what this felt like. I know how good it felt to be back here last year. What, what can I do to go back to that? But does that truly foster growth? And if we're going backwards, then we can't be going forward at the same time. And in order to run towards something, you have to run away from something else. And for me, I found that if you're running to comfort, you're running the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And that's a hard lesson. So, you know, for anybody out there that's listened to that, I mean, yeah, you know, disappointment is a bad place to be. It's seasonal. You know, spring always follows winter. And recognize it for what it is. Disappointment is a seasonal winter. Those who survive winter seem to survive the best. So just get up and get moving. If it's going out today and just shaking hands with somebody, if it's uh, putting in an application, even if you know you're not taking the job that you're applying for, create some momentum, get some energy going. Oh, that's good stuff. Those who make it through the season seem to be the ones that make it and are the strongest. That's good. Ooh, that was good, Scott. I like that. 
you know, um, you said your, your shake bars get, or keep moving. Our mm-hmm. motto at our physical therapy clinic, when we had, it was get moving, stay moving. So going back to mm-hmm. exactly what you said is creating small wins. And that's what, uh, that's what we tried to imply with that is just get moving, just do something, create a win, and then keep that momentum, keep mm-hmm. that momentum going. So uh, that's, that's awesome stuff. And, uh, you know, I know that you're entrepreneurial and you've got a lot of things going um, right now. You know, you've got the shake bar, you've got uh, the maintenance company, you've got real estate. Um, what, what, what excites you the most about what you're doing right now? What excites me the most about what I'm doing in any one job or what excites me, <clears throat> excuse me, what excites me the most about the vision? Yeah, the vision. There you go. There we go. So what excites me the most about everything I'm doing is, is uh, falls back on the foundation of what Team King stands for. So my vision is to forever change my branch of the King family tree and to leave a legacy and a wealth that's generational. You know, Proverbs tells us that a wise man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. And upon first glance and study of that, I thought that that meant just purely financial. Uh, what kind of a, a, a inheritance can I leave for them to live on? And that has actually developed into me as what kind of an inheritance am I teaching and, and building in them and not only providing for them, but teaching them to provide for themselves. So what what gets me up, what gets me going is that vision of forever changing where my family line's going, especially based on where my family line came from. And I have my daughter working for me at the shake bar. I have my son who's still in high school, but is participating, you know, with me on uh, the team King side of things when his time allows him to, as well as we're doing a flip property close over here. And Matt has really been uh, instrumental in, uh, helping me rebuild that process. Uh, he's learned so much to the point that after the COVID thing, they had to actually go back to school. He's like, dad, I don't know if I want to be here. You know, I've spent the last two or three months working, making money. I know what that feels like now. I just, I can't sit in the classroom and write on paper. I was like, well, Matt, you got to stay there because that's part of what we're building and overcoming. Uh, but it's leaving that legacy, man, and creating and building and seeing my daughter branch out into where she's wanting to start her own kind of uh, on the maintenance side of things, maybe a cleaning service or something that she's uh, toying around with. Uh, my youngest daughter talks about wanting to open a restaurant when she comes of age. None of my kids talk about wanting to go to work for someone else. And that is probably the greatest thing that I can hear as a father is that I feel like we teach people so much to do exactly what I did, go to college, get the job, but you're still at the mercy of someone else. But when you're talking about building your own your own business, your own corporations, doing your own thing, you get to decide where you go. And that's the greatest thing for me is to see that in them in just a short amount of time, how they've already grasped that concept. And uh, I just hope God blesses me with the years to be able to physically see where this goes. Oh, that's good, man. Go back to that phrase you said about changing the, the family tree. What's that line you said? Which part? <laughs> well, you, you said uh, forever change the branch of the family. Forever say- change my branch of the King family tree. Man, I think that's a great line for every single one of us. And, you know, you're, you're in our legacy builders. And one of the things that we, we talk about is, um, you know, your past, you know, you're raising, you, mm-hmm. you, you can't control that, right? You, you didn't have any control over the where, where you were raised at and how you were raised. But now you do, right? Mm-hmm. Now you have the opportunity to make a change and you can't hang on 
to that pass. I love, I may have to just steal that from you, Scott. I, I just may have to, I, I like that so much, you know, forever change my branch. And um, I hope anybody that's listening to this, maybe that, that phrase will encourage them to do the same. Yeah. Yeah. I, and you know, it starts, it starts so small. I mean, really, it, it's, it, it doesn't have to be anything grand or, or, and I always thought it did. You know, I always thought in order to do something impactful, it had to be this huge banners and balloons and ticker tape and stuff type of an event. But really, it really started when I started, you know, kind of standing on the, the foundation of what a father is, you know, what it means to be a father, not just to provide from a financial standpoint to my family, but what am I teaching them? And I think that that's probably one of the greatest downfalls that we have in our society right now is that fathers are absent from homes. And when they are there, they may be there in, in body, but they're not there mentally. You know, we're not, we're not being uh, mentors to our own children. And we wonder why we're in the shape that we're in. So for, for me, that was the biggest thing is, is that I will, I will teach my children everything that I wish that my father taught me. Man, that's good stuff. So how do we, how do we ingrain that into culture? Is it doing that? Like you're talking about starting with us and then importing that to our kids and where they imported out. And how do we do that on a mass scale? Because, you know, the world needs men and women who, who are out making an impact, but really what they need is they need a mommy and a daddy who's impacting the family. Right. So how do we do yeah. that on large scale? Right. Any thoughts on that? Well, in my opinion, it starts with redefining value mm -hmm. and then redefining our values based on it. Yeah. Um, I think we are very guilty in our American culture that we value everything based with a dollar sign. And I, I've kind of gotten into a little bit of a study of what that is. And I'm going to tell you the part that jumps out to me the most is that I'm gonna, and I'm going to go back to my, my spiritual foundations on it, is that no man can serve two masters. Yeah. You'll either love one and hate the other, cling to one and forget the other. And, and basically, God boiled it down. He said, you cannot serve God and money at the same time. Now, I believe in the power of money. I believe what it is. I, 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 you know, people who speak against money and say that money can't, doesn't buy happiness, money isn't everything, let's not sell it short because money is also a tool. And I think that's where we, where we miss the mark. Money is a tool. Money is a resource. But we have become such a society that we define who we are based on the number in our bank account or the assets that we have sitting in our driveway that we don't understand the utilization of it. And I was having this, was having this conversation of value is, and I, I took it to the point of what is the value of a pencil? What is the value of a pencil? And if you look it up, uh, down Amazon, you can't find a singular one, but I broke it down price of a hundred. Basically we can buy a pencil for 12 cents. And if you think about what the value of that is, what's well, 12 cents, it's not a whole lot, you know, so I don't put a lot of uh, value based in that, but you, you put that pencil in the hand of a dying parent and let them write out their last memories, last words to you. And how valuable does that pencil become? Put that same pencil in the hands of a five-year-old and let him write you out a Father's Day card for the first time, you know, and telling you, Daddy, I love you, and, you know, I'm proud of you, and I'm so happy you're my dad. H what's the value of that pencil then? And I think we've come become as a society, and especially through the Hollywood culture, that we define ourselves by money, by stacking paper, by doing all this stuff, but we don't think for one moment what 
value does that provide for us? You know, how about we took that bank account and took our kids somewhere? How about we took them on a, a camping weekend where we got to spend time with them? You know, not in front of a television, not in, on the iPad or on the iPhone or whatever. And it was just sit and talk with them. And we used the value of the money to buy the value of a teaching moment. And then what does the value of your money become? So for me, I think it boils down to that. We have to redefine what money is in our culture. We have to stop making it the most important thing, but understanding at the same time that money is very, a very useful tool and treat it as such. Ooh, boy, Scott, you spitting, boy. That's good right there. <laughs> that was some good stuff, man. You know, we were on that live the lead the other day and, mm -hmm. um, you know, Steve Harvey and John Max were talking about that is, you know, uh, money is, you know, it is what it is, but it provides you options too. And as you were talking there, it reminded me, I think you saw it, I posted the other day that uh, me and her daughter went on a little date night. She wanted to go to Staples and the thing that she wanted to buy was some markers. And I bought her some markers for a dry erase board. And last night, it, it, it just, as you were talking, it, I just got the image they had those markers out and they were, I challenged them to write their name with their right hand and then write it with their left hand. And man, they just laugh so hard. So the value of that marker, yes. man, it, it is just way out there now, you know, because I mean, they, you know, the little kids doing them belly laughs, man, that's, that's, that's pretty, pretty priceless, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, I'm not speaking negative against money. No, and I don't, no, no. I don't want anybody to misunderstand me because I mean, I want, I want my piece of the pie, yeah. but I also am not going to get so focused on getting that piece of the pie that I'm, that I missed the point that along the way of gaining and spending that money, I want to teach my kids the value, the, the correct value of it. I want to teach them how to utilize it in a godly manner and in a wholesome manner and not let it control them but for them to control what they do with it. Yeah. All about changing that branch of the family tree. Starts right here, man. It starts with a mindset. It starts with a foundation. It starts with those family principles. And, you know, and if we can just get back and keep it simple to go back to, to the chapter in the book that we're reading in our, our men's group is that, you know, keep things simple. We, we, we complicate everything. And I'm not sure why. And I'm guilty. Don't get me wrong. I'm very guilty of it. But it doesn't have to be complicated. Yeah, it, it doesn't. I love what you said about going back to our values, because I think that is the key is going back to our values. It's, it's recognizing that we are people of value and that yeah. we value people, you know, yeah. the first place is recognizing the value that we have and using that value to add value to other people. So I love that, Scott, man, that's good. That's good. Uh, yesterday, you and I, we were talking about, you have another value that you haven't mentioned yet, <laughs> but I see it in you, you know, is that sense of justice, that yeah. sense of justice. And I, I love that about you because um, I think the world needs people like that. And, and there's a lot of people who are more passive or um, maybe not as strong of a sense of justice and and for a long time, I was much more passive and it's just, eh, whatever. Um, but I'm seeing the need for that sense of justice and I'm growing in that area. But, but you have that. You care to talk a little bit about that for us? You know, uh, I, I've looked at that for a long time as a curse. And, and it's only until here recently that I finally see it as, as a blessing or, or for what it is. You know, for whatever reason, God put that into me that I just I can't stand idly by when something wrong is going on. 
Um, and I have a sense of just, you know, let's do the right thing. You know, it's not hard to do the right thing. And I think some of that comes, you know, from, from the medical side too. You know, it's always do no harm. Uh, that's one of the things that we're taught early on in it. But I just see so much, you know, nobody has that value. Morals even. I mean, I'm not even going to go to say morals. Uh, and that comes from the real estate side, which prompted the conversation. But, you know, when you give an agreement, or, or you agree to a certain thing, you know, I think people need to hold to those agreements. And then the side of it on the justice side is that when we see people not holding up to their bargains, they need to be held accountable. And I think we've gotten to be a, a culture of, you know, well, I just don't want to have that fight, or it's better just to let it go. Or even in the church circles, you know, it's, you know, better to turn the other cheek and just go on. And I, I think, I think that's the wrong execution of the right idea. Uh, there's a time and place for that. And I fear as men, for one, as fathers and as Christians, that if we don't start standing for our morals and our values right now, that we are going to live to see them stripped from us. And it, again, it doesn't have to be anything big. You know, it can be as much as just having a soft conversation with someone and telling them, you know, you know, that's not right. You know, let's let's think about that for a moment you know, how can we treat this differently? Would you enjoy that if someone did that to you? And, and just not turning a blind eye to it, you know, uh, you know, and I hear it's just not my fight. It's not my fight. Well, what are you going to do when it is your fight? You know, it, it, a grit that hasn't been tested can't be trusted. And I think we're going to have to start testing our grit a little more, not being so fearful that someone is going to lash out against us uh, for standing up and standing for what's right. Because I think that as we, ins as more and more of us come to where we're standing for what's right, we'll find that more and more are willing to do it when they realize that they're not standing alone. Mm, I agree. Uh, you know, we talk a lot about passion. People, people with passion, you know, they stand out. Yeah. And there's people that are going to be attracted to that. And then you're also going to get, what, what did Steve Harvey say the other day? The, um, uh, thumb gangsters. Yeah, thumb gangsters. You're going to get some haters too, you know, when you start standing out, you're going to get some haters, some thumb gangsters. And um, how do you I think that, that? I think that's a measurement of knowing that you're doing it right. Yeah. You know, if, if people ain't speaking out against you, then maybe you're not pushing the envelope enough. Mm. Um, I, I think haters are important, you know, and uh, I'm going to look back here because I always confuse which one it is, but it's, you know, that's that law of polarity. And everything has its opposite. And we, we can't have the positive without having them. So we can't have that positive support unless we have those negative attacks to go with us. Basic law. We know it's there. So let's understand it for what it is. If people are hating and, and reaching out against you, it's probably because you struck a nerve with them. And that's probably what we need to do a little bit more of. And again, I'm not talking about being, you know, just nasty confrontation or anything like that. But let's ask the hard question, you know, why don't you agree with me? Let's get back to having some conversations about disagreeing opinions and still learn to walk away, you know, with a certain amount of respect for someone. Because there's been many times I've walked into a situation where I just knew I was right, had a conversation with someone and walked away with a little bit different of opinion. Yeah. And maybe it wasn't a complete change of my opinion, but maybe I started to understand why they felt the way that they did, yeah. you know? So, yeah, I, th I think, you know, when you're getting that backlash, uh, it's, uh, it should be a, a sign that you're, you're doing it right.
That's good, man. And as you said that, ask the hard question. I think there's some hard questions that we need to need to, to answer right now. And I want to ask you, and this one I think you may have to think about, or maybe you already know, and while you're thinking about it, I'm going to kind of riff just a little bit. But okay. what is the hard question that we need to ask in society right now? What's that hard question? But going back to something that you just mentioned there was <clears> – <throat> You know, you went in, you knew, you knew without a shadow of a doubt, you were right. But then you walked away with a different understanding. And um, there's a guy who meets with us on our Tuesday morning um, uh, Bible study that he, he mentioned the other day, when you ask a question, are you asking it to gain understanding? Are you asking it to prove a point? Or are you asking it to, uh, to be little or whatever? What's your, what's your reason for asking questions? I think we do need to ask the hard question, but is it to gain understanding or to prove a point? So what, what's the hard question you think we need to ask in society right now? That's a tough one. Man, uh, and, it's, and it's not a tough one because there's not enough of them out there, but it's a tough one is what is the hard question? What is the one hard question that we need to ask? And I'm going to have to go back to family. Uh, what are you doing in your family life to better the future generation of your family? What, what stand are you taking? What generational curse are you breaking? What, what seed are you planting that your grandchildren will be sheltered by? And I think that's probably the hardest question for me to answer right now is, what am I doing today that ensures that my grandchildren have a better life because of it? And it's that forward thinking, you know, and I think sometimes once we start taking ourselves out of the equation, then we're able to actually do more because it becomes less and less about us. So what, what are you doing to become, to make it less about you? Mm. There's your question. What are you That's doing today to make it less about you? That's it, man. That's good stuff. That's great. Well, Scott, man, you've added a ton, a ton of value. Any, any last thoughts on, um, anything you want to share to encourage or inspire anybody else or uh, any last thoughts on that? Uh, last thoughts, man, just, you know, get up every day and face it for what it is. You know, if, if the sun rises, Bible tells us that, that God's mercies are renewed daily and every day is a new opportunity and just view it for that. And don't worry about what happened yesterday. Don't over evaluate what's going to happen tomorrow, but just live it today. And, and, and when, we, when we can come, come to kind of that, uh, being in the moment, being present and being there and doing what I can today to ensure a better tomorrow, it's probably the best thing that any of us can do. Oh, that's good. That's great. Well, Scott, uh, before we sign off, I, I want to give you an opportunity to tell people what businesses you have, but if they, they wanted to, maybe you've inspired them, maybe they've heard your story and say, hey, I'm going through something like that. And I think Scott could could help me or maybe they want to use your services what's the best way they can get in touch with you facebook facebook's always the best way to get a hold of me my not my phone number's plastered all over it either from the real estate side or wherever uh um as far as what we do you know the foundation of what we do is to better people from the keep moving side um it is the herbalife based product I really see the benefit that once we get the body healthy, the mind becomes clearer and healthier. Once your mind becomes clearer and healthier, then you're able to think for yourself and start exploring some options. Um, there's many ways of going about that. You don't have to come to my storefront. We can uh, always help you with that uh, globally even. Um, again, you can find me on Facebook. 
we can help you with that supplement product as well as some plans to help uh, get you motivated and get you going. And I think that's where it starts. You know, let's just keep moving, keep the world moving one person at a time. Awesome, man, Scott, that's, that's some great stuff. And if you guys seriously are interested in that, reach out to Scott through Facebook and he'll, he'll do a great job of serving you with justice. He'll take yes. care of you right there. Well, um, appreciate you guys. I hope this has added value to you. If it, if it has, make sure to share it with a friend or family member. Make sure to go on Facebook and look up Scott King. Hakeem came into the world and check him out. He's always posting some encouraging things and uh, he'll, he'll motivate you there. If you're a man and you're an entrepreneur and looking into leadership and want to be around other men who are successful that uh, are passionate about growing themselves and adding value to other people, invite you to check out Legacy Builders with us as well. But Scott, I appreciate you today, man. You added a ton of value and uh, thank you for your time, buddy. It has been my pleasure. Awesome. Well, thank you guys. You'll have a great day. Thanks so much for spending your time with us today. As you go about your day, remember to ask yourself as a parent, child, sibling, business owner, customer, boss, teammate, would you recommend yourself, audit yourself, and change your life? Hey guys, and if you enjoyed this podcast, uh, take a moment, please subscribe, give us a rate and review on your listening platform. And hey, we value your feedback and it helps others find us. Are you ready for this?